What's up, HealthSource? This is Dr. Brady Schuyler with another episode of the HealthSource podcast, Learning From Our Own, where we hear HealthSource best practices and experience sharing from our doctors for our doctors. Okay, HealthSource, uh, another episode of the HealthSource podcast, Learning From Our Own, this week with Dr. Jenny Hersey. Um, she is our one and only uh, currently Canadian, um, I don't know, we call a franchisee, licensee, uh, HealthSource Clinic. Welcome, Dr. Hersey. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you. Um, uh, anything that you would like to start off with? Usually I, I let doctors kind of do a brief introduction about themselves, what got them into chiropractic, you know, what brought them into health source, you know, just a couple of minutes to you know, set some background with the, the listeners. Sure. Well, I was actually um, studying in university to be an optometrist. So I was totally going down a different path. Um, I had two eye surgeries when I was younger and I've always had glasses growing up. My, so my optometrist was like, he was a regular visit for me, kind of monthly, sometimes every other week. Um, and I loved him. He was so much fun and made me laugh. So I was like, I want to do that. Like, he's awesome. So I thought I was going to be an optometrist my whole time growing up was in university, my first year of university. And I started to notice um, my headaches get dramatically worse. And I was also always an athlete. So always uh, playing volleyball or soccer. And so I was also very active um, and always loved the health industry. So, um, but yeah, in my first year of university, um, I noticed my headaches start to dramatically increase. And my grandfather told me I should go see a chiropractor. And at the time, I had no idea what a chiropractor actually did. So I, uh, I was like, Grampy, I don't even know what a chiropractor does. Like, what? So he's like, well, come with me to my appointment and see what you think. So I, I went with him. This was back in 2000, 2001. So we're getting into, you know, almost 20 years ago. So, mm -hmm. um, so I went with him and then talked to the chiropractor, watched him get adjusted and and she's like, would you like me to, you know, do an exam on you? So she did an exam on me and um, adjusted me. And I just remember being like, whoa, what just happened? Like, had no idea what just happened. I felt like a ton of bricks was lifted off of my body. And I still remember walking out into my car on that day and just sitting there for like 10 or 15 minutes in my car just being like, wow, like, wow, I have never felt so good. So I kept going and I loved it. And I kind of was starting to look more into chiropractic rather than optometry. And then by, yeah, my, my, maybe about three months into getting adjusted, I was just like, this is awesome. I love it. This is what I want to do. So by my, by my, end of my first year of university, I totally switched professions and decided to become a chiropractor. I did not know that about you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, did, so I, did you grow I, up in Canada? I grew up in, yeah, in Canada, Fredericton, New Brunswick. That is okay. on the east coast of Canada. So I border the state of Maine. So I'm very east. 
Um, I've yeah. been a chiropractor now for 12 years. I went to the University of New Brunswick with a biochem degree, and then I went to New York Chiropractic College to do my doctorate in New York. And then when I graduated there in 2008, I actually moved to Maine. So Maine has always been such a beautiful state. They have great, I thought, well, if I'm going to stay in the States, I want to at least enjoy my time and make some money. So the state of Maine actually has fantastic reimbursement rates. So I decided to stay in the state of Maine. Um, and when I was out of school, I was waiting for my license to come. And I graduated in November, and my license wasn't expected to arrive until about January. So I applied for a position at a CA, for a CA, chiropractic assistant off in an office, and it was actually a health source clinic. So I, that is how I first started with health source, actually, as a CA before I got my full license, and then I was hired to do that and then hired as kind of worked into many, many different positions as an associate and then as a front desk and then as a rehabber and, and as a doctor again. So um, I've, ha I've worn pretty much every hat in the health source industry, I guess. That's, that's quite a story. Um, yeah. I knew that you were practiced, you had originally practiced in the States and then mm -hmm. not that long ago, you know, afterwards you had moved to, to, you know, become the first international health source office. But no, that's, uh, that's quite a story. Yeah. Um, so real quick, we'll just to move on to the next one, just to kind of keep us going. What you have a pretty successful clinic. I mean, you know, we've all had some challenges recently, but nonetheless, you, you've, you've what, 700, 800 patient visits a month regularly. What, what makes you great? What, what's something that you tell people and, uh, um, you know, makes you better than anyone else around? What's your, what's your story? Oh, uh, yeah, we, we run at seven, between 700 and 750 patients in a month. Um, and I think the biggest, well, number one, the biggest thing that sets us apart from every chiropractor in my area is the rehab component that HealthSource specifically offers. So there's really no other chiropractor in my city that combines any type of exercise or rehab program like that. So that's the number one thing, as well as x-rays. So we have that in the clinic too. But I say um, as an individual or as a practitioner, um, the number one comment that I hear from our patients is that I genuinely care and um, build relationships with my patients, which I very much do. I really believe that um, a patient starting care is, is something that we should all take very, very seriously. Like we, they chose us to be involved in their healthcare to make them feel better. And that can be a very vulnerable thing for people. So we have to genuinely listen to them, love them, show empathy towards them. And every time I treat somebody, I really just try to build more of a relationship with each person. So when I'm out in the community talking one-on-one -on -one with people, I really just try to, you know, tell them besides for the, you know, getting the adjustment to set the spine and then going into our full rehab therapy to really build that strength and cement all those changes, you are coming to yeah. a place 
genuinely love you and we will appreciate you and do everything we can to get you back to your key value. So it's one, just be, being aware, but number two, staying present with the patient and staying connected and making them be, you know, the focus of your time. You're not getting distracted. You're, you're very patient-centric when you're with each, in, uh, each individual. Yeah, yeah. And we make sure we really train on that every week. Like, I have very, very high expectations for my team because I want them to know how important it is that a patient chose us to be a part of their health. That's awesome. That's really, I mean, I, I love that. And, and you are just a, you know, for those of you that know Dr. Hershey, she is just a, a very connecting, just a, just an authentic person. So um, very cool. Next question that I usually like to ask is we all have different, um, different things, different procedures, different protocols, different personal um, habits, rituals that you, you should be doing that we've kind of avoided. You know, we'd like to think that while we're, many of our doctors are great, you know, clinically, we're still all real and vulnerable and we have our problems. What's something that you have been resistant to take on, to embrace, to start, to maintain, um, whether it's personally or professionally? Well, I would say it's probably hard to maintain for me. Um, two things. Number one, when Adding in the sixth visit, if, I'm, if I answer this question um, two ways in, within the clinic setting, I would say adding in the sixth visit. It's just, I just didn't want to do it. I was like, my patients, like, I'm, my PVA is like 30, 35. Like, why do I need to add in the sixth visit? It's stupid. It's stupid. So I actually added it in <laughs> a few months ago, and lo and behold, my PVA went up. So, yes. So I would say that six visit was probably something very simple to add in, and I just didn't want to do it for quite a while, probably a good year, and I started adding it in, and everything improved. My patient communication improved, um, conveying the importance of care to them, and how long the care might take, and how each treatment just builds. So that would yeah. probably be my clinical answer. As far as a personal answer, um, something that has been difficult for me as I have added children into my life with my, my husband, I have a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old. So I've noticed, especially since I added, we had our second son, just making sure that I'm setting time for me in the mornings to start my day. So um, waking up that extra 30 to 40 minutes even it just if it's for a quick, you know, 20 minute workout and then doing some reading or journaling, it's just kind of setting the time in the day for me. So that's something that I struggle with um, just to maintain because I wake up and my kids are ready to go. And so it's, it's a, I do find that a, a challenge for me that I continually have to remind myself of how it makes me better for my patients and my team. Yeah, uh, it's, whether it's a routine of, of personal time, a mental time, or physical time, you know, you do have to carve out those things. Otherwise, you're not going to be the best you. You can't fill the role that everyone needs of you or expects of you if you don't create that time. That's, uh, that's, uh, that is important. Um, what are some marketing things that you have found to be most effective? Obviously, you've, you've built a lot of networking, community relations, and things like that, but what are, what's, what's one of your, 
your secret thing that you feel has just given you the success of generating the prospects and patients, the patient mm -hmm. visits that you guys have grown to over the last few years? Sure. Well, I don't know if it's a secret, but one thing I would say is just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean it won't work. So don't be afraid to try it. You know, sometimes people on my team will be like, what do you think about trying to make a crossword puzzle? And the answers are products we sell. And I'm like, sure, let's try it. So I would say as far as marketing, don't be afraid to try new things um, because you don't know if it'll work or if it won't. And then once you try it, if it works, great, do it again. And if you try it and it really doesn't work, you know, maybe try it a second time, but it might not be the best, you know, source of marketing for your avenue or your clinic. So mm -hmm. um, uh, let's see. And don't um, be consistent, I will say. Uh, sometimes some of the littler things that we think aren't important are actually still important. I've done a stick letter. I don't even know if HealthSource officially does stick letters anymore, but when I was in HealthSource, like back in 2009, we did stick letters. I still do stick letters 11 years later. And I can tell you, I still get three or four patients a month from just sending letters. So it's, um, it's that consistency as well. Um, and and you're manually writing out and sending out the letters for after the first, you know, kind of a welcome to the clinic after the 30 visits, after 60 visits. So for those that might not know, you know, it was something we always manually did. And then there was an automated option, but you guys have continued to keep doing it manually. Yeah, we do. Um, because we are in Canada, I don't have HS work, so I use a different software, but I still use the letters. Yeah, so we do the, we do it every Friday. We run our report, we send letter one, and then four weeks later, we send a second letter, and then four weeks later, we send a third letter, and then four weeks later, a fourth letter. And it's just that constant touch. So um, the stick letters, that's kind of that consistency component. And... Um, Let's see, one of the other marketing um, events that I found to be very successful in my area is actually doing a trade show, a home show. So we went to a home show one year, um, about three years ago, and it's literally like a home show on how to build a home and renovate a home and looking for. So I was like, well, let's try it. We've never done it. We'll try it once. And I ended up getting about 50 new patients from that event. So I do it every year. So we're the only health um, industry represented because it's literally people are going to try to build a home. <laughs> so I will say- And what do you do when you're there? Do you do spinal posture screenings? Do you do chair massages? Yep. Do you do a little of everything? Um, I, we did the chair massages the first year and we found that really nobody wanted to stop and do a chair massage but it was mostly just doing postural checks, talking to people, and I made sure I was there because the first year um, I was there and, and I was able to talk to pretty much, oh my goodness, probably three or 400 people over four days and, and, and they just were drawn to that with a couple of our other team members. So I make sure that I'm there to answer the questions and really put myself out there. Um, and then that's an event that we do every year. So again, it's kind of just because you haven't ever done it before, doesn't mean it won't work. 
just because you might not necessarily think to see a chiropractor at a home show doesn't mean it won't work. So um, yeah. that was one area that specifically worked really well in, in my city. And one thing just to add to that is if you try something new, you have to give it your full effort, though. You can't half-ass something and then know that you half-assed it and then blame that it didn't work, right? You still, you still have to do it with your full effort to determine of whether it's really valid or not valid. Yeah, great point. And absolutely. So we went all out. We bought giveaways. We bought Oh, I had a ton of like swag stuff to give away, made sure, like I said, I was there all day for three days, you know, eight hours a day. I had a ton of caffeine and a ton of sugar. (laughs) 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 But hey, as we've heard, you know, to do things that to get things that other people, you know, don't have, you have to do things that other people won't do. You know, sometimes it's, uh, it's, and you were the only person there and set yourself apart and created yeah. yourself 50 new patients. Yeah, we've done it for three years in a row. Uh, well, we unfortunately we didn't do it this year because it was right during, um, right during the COVID lockdown. So, but I mean, we've done it so many times. People know us now and they naturally, like even months after, they'll say, oh, I saw you at the home show and they'll call in. And, so it, it's starting to just build on that. So last question, something you do for yourself personally, you know, to motivate yourself, inspiration, what do you do to, to feed yourself, to keep yourself, you know, um, operating at a great level? Yeah, great question. Um, there's many, many different things, but um, currently and I've also found that just because something motivated me at one point in my life doesn't mean it necessarily is always going to be that forever if that makes sense you know mm-hmm. before I had my children um, I was motivated by like just going to the gym and reading a lot and and now that I have my my kids my motivation is just you know time family time so it's it's changed a little bit over the years and and that kind of was hard for me in the beginning because I felt almost guilty that my motivation to be with my family wasn't the same as some other people, which was, you know, reading more and personal development more and making sure that I'm doing, you know, two hours a day of this and planning. And so um, for me right now, I've found time with my family. So my husband and my two kids. So we really try to plan vacations, whether our vacation is an hour away to a beach or go hiking, or we're taking a plane ride across the country or to the States or overseas. So we try to plan um, kind of two bigger, we try to plan a vacation a quarter, once a quarter. So just something to look forward to for the family. And like I said, sometimes it's just a long weekend. And then probably once a year, we really try to plan a good week where we are doing going someplace like farther away, whether it's Florida or out west or like British Columbia or something like that or, you know, overseas. So a cruise or something like that. So we, we try to plan things on our calendar that we can look forward to, which for me, that motivates me to invest more time and think of you know, all those late nights are working through my lunch breaks that are 
a sacrifice right. other to invest more time long term with my family that fills me up. That's cool. That's that's a big one for my wife too. She likes to just put something on the calendar far enough because she almost gets as much out of the anticipation and yep. the planning and the looking forward to as the event itself. So um now that's that's cool. Well Dr. Hershey, I just wanted to thank you for the time and sharing some of your experience and knowledge with everyone. And, um, and uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully seeing you again soon when all this travel restrictions lift and we can get back to our, our regular uh, training and stuff like that. So. Yes, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. All right. All right. Thanks, Doc. Thanks again for listening. If you want to be a guest on a future episode or would like to nominate another doctor to be a guest, please feel free to email me, Dr. Brady Schuyler, at bschuyler at healthsourcechiro.com.